This is the Mouths of the South podcast. You shut your mouth when you're talking to me. The official Dirty South Soccer podcast. Do you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? Talking all things Atlanta United FC. Don't nobody understand the words that are coming out of your mouth, man. We are the Mouths of the South. The South got something to say. That's all I got to say. What's up, Atlanta? This is the Mouths of South podcast brought to you by Dirty South Soccer in the palatious 680 The Fan Studios. I am Eric Quintana. Next to me, Josh Bagrianski. And across from me, the table and in the building itself, Mr. Sam Franco. Gentlemen, Eastern Conference champions. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Eastern Conference Ooh, Finals. Wow. Oh, wow. Oh, God, you have jinxed oh. us. You have jinxed us 10 Can seconds. Can we start over? No. Can we start Absolutely over? Absolutely not. 10 seconds Can into the show. Over? Oh, my God. <laughs> we can start over, but you cannot edit out that po- what just happened. Either I'm a curse. Well, then we can't Or I'm a prophet. Well, we could just pretend like, you know, it would be like a funny thing. We're like... <laughs> Three, two, yeah. one. You don't know Of this. course, Eric edits it, so... I have, I have future-telling abilities. Oh, we don't know that? <laughs> I can yeah, read... Yeah, usually in the I bad can sense. see into the future... But only negative. Only things. bad or maybe, things. Or maybe yeah. it's the bizarro world, and I see the opposite of what's going to happen. That's exactly right. You see, <laughs> you see the more, darkest timeline. Maybe that's more realistic. What I'm really worried about, Eric, is I was actually going to... You've already kind of jinxed the conference finals, but I'm worried, you know, this is two rounds in a row. I've accomplished all of my tailgating goals in the Gulch, except one. You know, I've gotten, I've gotten my uh, Aguardiente shot. I've gotten, uh, I got to give Kelly a hug. I got to see, uh, make fun of uh, Tanner from Atlanta United Fan TV about how bad Manchester United are. Is it Tanner or Tanner? Tanner. Oh, I like to, did he say Tanner? I don't think so. But I Continue, I'll, go ahead. I'll probably Sorry. call him that from now on. Anyways, everything accomplished except Eric hanging out in the gulch. A goal that he has uh, b- both round first two rounds of the playoffs. You have claimed you would be there, and you didn't show up. I got first rounds, you said you're going to be there with biscuits. I made fun of you, you said, and then you made. Hold s- on, I had a va- you I made had, up some excuse I had, about I had, the rain. I had a valid excuse. It well, was raining. Well, Blame well, it. Well, well, last, <laughs> last time you it just, was raining. Last time you just ghosted my friend. So I think that your excuse is now invalidated from the first round because last time you just didn't show up. Ghosting is the most sincerest form of, of, of flattery. Uh, well. Yeah, in 2019, <laughs> ghosting actually means they like you. <laughs> this ghosting is the sincerest form of flattery. Wow, that's what I heard. From wow, a, from a friend. Wow, Gen Z is truly ruining, <laughs> ruining everything. Um, so yes, Eastern Conference Finals yeah. 2.0. Let me correct myself. Or right, okay. predict the future. Well, we are in the Eastern Conference Finals for the second year in a row, so you ne- did ne- predict next week that, when we are I going guess. to the Eastern Conference or when we are. What Eastern is Conference going finals. on with? You? Yeah, we're going. You mean next week when we're going you to MLS Cup? Grief. We're just going to start the show exactly the same. I'm not even. We're not even going to start the show. We're going to pick up from like where I like, decide to edit it right here. Oh, you could be like an MLS Cup champion, Atlanta. Oh, I mean uh, something. Oh boy, I think we just end. I mean, we just end it. It's right over. now. Podcast it's over. over. Nothing I mean, we so say, the season is over. Nothing we say now is relevant no. because I've already. You just ended the season. I've already doomed it for a long time. No, it's, it's over forever. This is the. We're just going to end the podcast now. Thank you guys that, for <laughs> all the years of sticking with us. We'll, we'll talk to y'all. See, here's the thing. The there are going to be people that think that that was like planned or staged, or, or really we, we thought about that. Really we had wasn't. no conversation about that. That just happened to slip out no, of my mouth. No, you just screwed up. <laughs> like always. <laughs> So was oh it a predictably unpredictable? Is that the uh, what we would call that? So I don't know. We're screwed. All right. Well, it was a good year. Till next time. See you later. Good year. Yep. Two, two <laughs> trophies. Two trophies. So uh, go get biscuits. <laughs> all right. Well, let's just at least go through the motions for yeah, the people. Let's give it a shot. Um, Atlanta United obviously advancing to the Eastern Conference Finals. Two nothing win over Philadelphia. Uh, fantastic goals from both Julian Gressel and Joseph Martinez. All that. Woo. 
Yeah, it was uh it was it was something else. Although, it was something to be seen from especially from Gressel to make that to, to hustle on that on that play to chip it over uh Sean Johnson and and Andre Blake. Andre Blake. You got to wonder what Sorry, Blake was I, doing. I do that all the, I do that all the time. You got to wonder what Blake God. was doing running out though. I mean that well, was I, look, it, I mean, that was kind of a that's been Leroy Jenkins. I, 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 I don't that he I don't, I don't blame him that much because huh. Julian Gressel was 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 far enough to to where that decision was going to be a, a tough one either way and he came out and they, I mean there's no pulling back after I that. I mean those questions are always or those decisions are always going to be questioned with hindsight, right. you know what I mean? So it's just one of those where you know, people much smarter than us about the sport would would know, like like a Brad Guzan or a goalkeeper. Well, I, I would think it also take being in the moment. I mean, of again, course. you look at Julian Gressel. Julian Gressel's not even in the play and runs onto that ball. Um, he, I'm not gonna say he's not in the play, but he's trailing very, very behind the right. play. I don't. I'm not even convinced that Pity knows he's there. He's just passing it into open space, hoping someone I runs onto there. I'm not. I mean, convinced. Gressel <laughs> Gressel start Gressel passed it to him as a one two. I get. I no. I understand that. How could he not know he was there? If he passed to PT, because he's playing to a complete open space. Julian's not in that space yet. He's not even. Right, he moved he's not even. He's not even moving into that space yet. He well, doesn't move into that. He's like jogging into yeah, that that's space. True. Well, not until that pass is played is Julian going ninety nine miles an what hour. What was so great about that too is we we've spent like the last like three months talking about if PT and Russell can play with one another because PT likes to drift to the right and Russell likes to be isolated and it seemed like. Frank DeBoer had basically deci- decided to, uh, to 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 not play PT in order to to give Gressel the opportunity yeah. to be isolated in the first round, and uh, we just showed all how stupid we were in, in that play right there, where PT and Gressel combine uh, for a great goal. So that's great to see that you know they able to interchange and kind of play together uh, on the pitch together. So that was pretty cool. That was pretty cool, and uh, again, it gives you more options going forward now now that you know that those guys can start in the same eleven together and click. Well, I'm I'm more excited to see. I assume it's going to be the same eleven. You think as as last week? I'm maybe, super maybe, interested. Maybe maybe the only difference being Michael Parker, so if he's able to play. But, um, yeah, if we can get that sort sort of same uh, kind of combination play between the two, between everyone that was uh, all the attacking players, I'm excited to see it. Got to give a shout out to Gressel again for the assist, and then obviously Joseph Martinez the second goal. That, what a that, finish! That seals it. I don't know how he does it. He that, missed two sitters in that. I match. know, and amazing. then he nails that one. Yeah, that was is, a great goal. Look, I. I I, I I'm convinced Clinical that every finish. every time Andre Blake sees him, he's just like, what 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 am I supposed to do? <laughs> well, he couldn't do anything on between, that one. Between either goal, he's just like, ah, yeah, whatever. Yeah, I mean, that's just a that's not on me. That's, guys. Just, put, that's <laughs> just putting your head down, putting your foot through the ball, and blast it yeah. into the right spot. I mean, it's just one of those where a striker knows how to finish those, and for Joseph to you know be running pretty quickly and, and to be able to smash that upper ninety the way he did, it just goes again to, to how damn impressive he is. And, and, and I think I heard it on, uh, I think it was the TV broadcast about an Adrian Healy that was like, anywhere in the world, you know, the, this, this isn't like, oh, that's a great goal for MLS. You no, know, no, that, no, that, it's that, a wonderful finish. An impressive finish that, you know, yeah, would, would have beaten any keeper in the world at that time. No, it's not, like it, it's not like it bounced off a player or, or, or in the keeper's bat. You know, Andre Blake is one of the best keepers, definitely in MLS, probably in this side of the world. You know, he's, he's up there with the best of them and, and, you got Joseph Martinez, who who literally puts Andre Blake in a position where he can't do anything about this ball. No, nothing. And I think also that uh, it's good to see that you can still look dangerous going forward when you've basically parked parked it and, and said we're going to defend and we're going to sit back and defend the lead. And you look at the New England, the, the 
both both playoff matches for Atlanta United when they've switched to a 5-4-1 late in the game to try to see the match out Joseph has ended up with a 1v1 yeah. and of course uh, Turner saves it for New England uh, in the first round and then he gets the goal this time so it, that's a nice little trend to see that even you know if you're trying to see a match out with 5-10 minutes left and you're, and you're putting 5 in the back and trying to play real compact in the midfield you're still able to get out and counter with Joseph Martinez two weeks in a row so that, that that's really really good to see I just saw something in the chat that I want to bring up. Hmm. This is kind of like a side, a side topic, real quick. There's a comment that says Gressel was asked about, and we're going to talk about this later, so we don't have to dive into this yet. But Gressel was asked about uh, his future with Atlanta United, and he didn't want to talk about it because he didn't want to be depressed. The name of this commenter is J G. Do you think that is Julian Gressel? Is that what you're? Hmm. <laughs> Anyways, very covert. Uh, no, I'll, I, just, I, I'll just do the initials. We'll dive into that later. But I do want to say whether that it's Julian Gressel watching or whether uh, or his contract or whether that's Julian Gressel JG in, in, in the chat. Julian Gressel himself. Well, that we should talk about right now if that was a possible. <laughs> but I'm pretty sure that's not what's going on. Hey, here. Julian, Mr. JG. Hope you just, enjoy your you shirt. Know. Send me a text. You got my number. <laughs> so I wanted. I, I'm and you, Eric. You said you think it's going to be the same eleven. No, well, let's let's give me one second. I, okay. So I I got, I got to bring up the fact that I was I was very negative about uh, the game against Philadelphia because specifically because of the back line because I knew it was probably going to be LGB Pogba and um, Escobar. Escobar. Yeah. I, and we were assuming Ambrose. Three. Ambrose. Well, yeah. Exactly. Ambrose was a surprise. Came out of nowhere. Of all surprises. And um, yeah, I was I was negative because again, you, you've got guys back there that aren't very disciplined, and in this match, they were much more disciplined than they've been in the past. Um, the fact that this backline, this de- de- defense, that that uh, an Atlanta United without Michael Parker's or without Miles Robinson put up a clean sheet against Philadelphia. Um, and hasn't allowed Amazing. a goal in the playoffs so far. That's that's impressive. And under one xG for Philadelphia too. I mean the Ambrose. The Ambrose, the, the reason that we didn't, I don't think anyone predicted that back line is nobody really predicted Ambrose coming in at left back. And that's what allowed Atlanta United to kind of go to that back four that they went to. And that is a risky move from ooh, Frank DeBoer. Ooh, I yes, mean, if, if he, uh, you know, what's really interesting is the last time Philadelphia, when they played Philadelphia, actually matched up El Senio with last season when the two played. El Senio came off the bench for Philadelphia, and El Senio completed nine dribbles in that game. Uh, it was it was 2018. Mikey Ambrose was starting at left back. El Senio started at right wing. So you're already worried about him when you see the lineup because you know that, first of all, he hasn't played an MLS match in months. Granted, he's yeah. relatively match sharp. He wasn't even he was, in the conversation of playing in this game, yeah, period. And, and granted, he was relatively match sharp because he was playing with the twos, but I mean, it was a lot to ask him against a really good attacking team and a team that subs in a tricky right winger routinely like the 60-65th minute who had torched him the last time they had yeah. matched up. So uh, it was really, really a big, big risk um, to, to, to start Mikey Ambrose, but, but he played fine. And like you said, Eric, I mean, the key that maybe we didn't expect was the discipline from Pires and Pogba uh, I mean, to I'm, be able to do that I, was huge. I wonder if there was any discussion. I'm not going to assume because maybe these players are smart enough to know that, yeah, we're, we're undisciplined as hell. We, we need to get our act together when it comes to this stuff. We don't have Miles Robinson back there. But I got to think at least some – I, I want to hope or, or – or, uh, whatever. I'm sure some conversation or some some discussion was had about being – about that specifically, about being more disciplined, about um, – 
you know, not Leroy Jenkinsing this whole back line. <laughs> that's the thing. new. No, yeah, it's a new phrase yeah. we're going to use for now. Um, because you just didn't see that. You didn't see anything dangerous out of LGP. Look, the the the, the two stupid things you saw at NYCFC, I could have uh, 100% envisioned Atlanta United with LGP, Pogba, and Escobar doing uh, against Philadelphia. Well, those are like the 100%. three players you kind of worry about doing that stuff. I think maybe to your point a little bit, Eric, is I that... I could have seen Pogba doing the, the, the stupid header uh, back pass that doesn't mm-hmm. get to Deshaun Johnson, and then I could have seen... Uh, uh, the the tackle inside the box from LGP. That's that's those are two things you can if you, if you don't think you could have seen that from them, then I, I don't know what to tell you. You're out of your mind. And I think a big Eric just used Sean Johnson incorrectly again. Oh, did you say Sean Johnson? No, the NYCFC keeper. Oh, oh, oh Sean okay. Johnson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're but why at... would Pogba be flicking a back pass to him in the situation the the NYCFC player? Oh, you were saying he what? would. He, do he, that I could envision same him. Thing. Ah. And I think that Carry on. a big part of it is that uh, I was a little confused too, Sam. <laughs> I think uh, you know I think. A big part of the reason that those guys have developed those reputation this season is because they've played in a back three. So they've had uh, Robinson or uh, in the first round Parkhurst behind them to kind of allow them to be aggressive and cover for them. And we saw them, I think, get a little too gung-ho at times. And certainly in this match, you're a little worried because you go back four. That means you have two center backs instead of three. So if one of them goes out of position, you can't really cover you know, the, the, way, the way that you want. Uh, so it was good to see. But I still think... You might see Frank DeBoer go, if Michael Parkhurst uh, is fit to play on Thursday, I think you still might see Frank DeBoer go back to that back three. Um, it'd be because I just think Parkhurst was so, so good in that in that first round game. And I think you still worry that you might get those moments from from a Pogba and a Pires and you need someone to cover for them. So I'm all for going for a back three. And like I said, even if you go with a back four and you start Parkhurst, it's a little bit harder because like like I said, then if the other center back pushes out, you just have one man to cover instead of two. But can you trust Parkhurst at this point, you know, being the injury. able to play in a game versus being 100%? Yeah. It's like, can you trust him to be... Especially at as, that age, right? As good as he was, you know, before the injury, it's like... He was so good in that role, and then you know they're like, "Oh crap!" Now we have to switch to this back four because we don't have him. But it's like, do you need that other center back in there to kind of help cover for him just in case he's not fully? Yeah, I mean, I, I certainly right don't think, and this was even the case with Parker's last year and the year before. In a back four, he was he was not nearly as strong because, again, like you kind of said, Sam, because age, maybe lack mm-hmm. of mobility, you need that extra center back to help him out. Um, so I. I think Frank DeBoer, I mean, just like last match, he's got some decisions to make. But with respect to the injury, with a shoulder, it's if you're <clears throat> excuse me, if you're back, you're kind of back. It's not really like um like a hamstring where it might right. take him. So so if he's fit to go, I, I think he'll be good. I don't I don't think there'll be a huge difference uh in terms of his match sharpness or being tentative or anything like that. Usually with a shoulder, you know, once once that thing heals, you're good. I mean, I did see it reported though that you know today when he's back in training, he's out there, mm-hmm. but you know just by the look, yeah, of he's it, his not arm in full. looked immobile. So you know if you're not able, that's the thing. Like if you have that shoulder and it's it's just sore and it's pain tolerance thing, then yeah, I expect the Parkers to be yeah. out there because he's a tough player. You know, very. Uh, this is the end of his career anyway. So yeah, it's not like you true. know what he's. I, I was just about to bring that up. I, I think because this is going to be his last year, then you're looking at him probably doing whatever he can to get on the field. And when he does get on the field, I think that regardless of what kind of pain or what, what happens, you know how it feels, he's going to give you the same sort of level of play because he knows it could be the last game he ever yeah. plays. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I want him to be 100. I want to be as healthy as possible. I w- I liked what I saw. Um, when was it on Saturday? Yeah, or Sunday. Saturday, 
so it's 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 one of these things where I'm like, man, I I don't know if I'd want to change too much, but at the same time, look, I, at this point in this in this playoffs, I'm like, all right, whatever, Frank, whatever you want to do, Frank DeBoer. Yeah, well, you, you I mean, earned my trust, buddy. I, how could he not earn your trust after that? And then the other big thing was was you play PT over Emerson Hindman. Wait, it was Thursday. Why did mm. I think Saturday? I have no <laughs> I idea. You're right. Sorry. Yeah. Like, that's why I made that. I was like this that's why I made like that. That's why I made that like face. <laughs> all of the, I understand that you're going up against like football right now, but I don't care. All these games need to be like on the weekend. Stop bringing this like midweek yeah. thing into it. You got it. another midweek coming up, but right. It's I, stupid. I still don't think that. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I think if you look at the the eleven coming for this week, Frank DeBoer has a lot of decisions to make. I mean, last time was more that you were shorthanded. But you played so well when you were shorthanded. You got a good performance from Mikey Ambrose. You got a good performance from playing a back four with two center backs. Uh, you got a good performance from P.T. Martinez. I mean, so the, the changes that you were kind of forced to make being shorthanded, although not so much with the P.T., uh, have created more problems for you now because now you you know Pogba is in good form. I just mentioned Mikey Ambrose, so you saw what you can do. Yeah, exactly. And now it creates this. So, well, what should we do because we saw we can be successful doing multiple exactly. Things. And it's a good problem to have, but I mean it's it's a weird it's still a problem. It's, it's a weird and it's a weird time. To, to, for this to kind of happen, usually these types of things happen during the regular season but when you try different on. guys and you go into the playoffs saying we can play different systems and different you know back four, back three. You just kind of learn that about your team in the last round of the but playoffs. But do you think that's just us learning that versus he knew it yeah, based see, on I, what he's seen well, in it's, training? It's well, like maybe he knows we can do this. We we just don't want to show oh, it. They, you know, it's one of those where it's like almost like a. What is it in, in one of the Rocky movies where he learns to fight right-handed and then the like, he's like he's like switch to southpaw and yeah. he goes to the other way and starts beating the crap out of him. And it's like maybe Atlanta United has had that in their in their sleeve the whole time and they just we didn't know about it. But, but well, Frank was they did enough. play a back possible. four earlier in the season, so I don't yeah. think this is a huge departure from what you've seen. I they just started the season a back four. Yeah, yeah. well, no, there was a three, then it went to a four, then it went. Back to a three. <laughs> it I mean, was it's, confusing. It's, then and then yeah. you had Miram playing. Way. I just this has been such a ridiculous season. But I think that you know, the, you you did know that you could switch to that system because you've used it before. But you haven't played it in so long, so I don't think you can just say, "Oh, we were," you know, we, we didn't want to show our hand. You never want to trot out a, a a system like that that you haven't used in in such a long time in a single elimination scenario. So, I mean, I I believe that Frank DeBoer was confident that his team could play it because we've played it before. But uh, I mean, you had to be nervous having a Mikey Ambrose in there, and it it looked so good that there's a real question of whether you stay in a back four or go back to a back three for this upcoming match. And don't forget that you could hypothetically, even even without Parkhurst, and this is what we kind of talked about last week, is you could go Pierre's Escobar, Pogba as your three, and then go back to Miriam and Gressel as your wingbacks. Yeah. I, I certainly think last week was great for Frank DeBoer in the sense of the... You know, and I'm, I'm just going to call it from what I've seen over the years and how I know he's been trained as a soccer mind... The, the tactical genius of a guy like that. like, But th- th- that's the thing. He was willing to go. He's like, well, I know tactics, and I know we can do this based on the players we have, but now it creates a sort of uh, multidimensional problem, if you will, where yeah. it's like Atlanta United can be good here, they can be good here, they can be good here, so which is the best and what do you go yeah. forward doing? It's certainly a, an interesting dilemma, like you said, a good problem, but at the same time, when you have to make those decisions, it's still a problem and, and because so sudden, you have to figure out the right thing to do. Yeah, and so sudden because you just 
like I said, you just kind of learned, oh, we can play a back four effectively with, with PT not really uh, coming back defensively a lot and Mikey Ambrose at left back. I mean, you wouldn't have thought that would necessarily have worked two or three weeks ago, even so, though you have used that system before. There's always the chance that he didn't really know that they could do this at all and... Well, I think he was confident yeah, in it, he, but I'm sure... Leroy, Leroy Jenkins, the whole thing. No, I mean... <laughs> there's, a, there's a sect of Atlanta United, not just the fans, but from the media as well. Certain, you know, media members that cover this team haven't really given Frank DeBoer credit at all for any of this. Yeah, and I think this... And I think that this is... The, to to this that moment. line of thinking, it's like, oh, well, he just got lucky. He stumbled oh, no, into no, no. this. Yeah, you're right. I, I don't... I think that there was a lot of thinking and, and planning that went into this. I don't think it just was like, oh, well, let's just try it and see if it works. But I'm yeah. just saying, there's a sect of people sure, that no, think there that definitely way, is, yeah. Which is and, and I mean, it's not an unreasonable uh, thought process because I mean, you, you got to do something. You don't trust, uh, I, at least me, I wouldn't trust LGP Pogba and and Escobar right just by themselves. Yeah, I mean, do you guy. trust Perez to be the one to cover for others' mistakes? I mean, that exactly. is. Like, I mean, it, it, if Parkhurst <laughs> is in there, it's fine. But that collective of three players, yeah, Parkhurst is in there, it's not fine. But, but well, it, I mean, they they got away with it. Like I said, I. Would go with the three if Parker's was available, and uh, yeah. and JG or Julian Gressel, whoever in the live <laughs> chat brings up a good question: Is what type of system do you want to uh, use in the back line against a team Julian. that plays a false nine? And of course, that will be dependent on whether Josie Altidore is healthy or not. But I would imagine, if, even if he is fit, he doesn't start. And of course, they've been using Alejandro Pozuelo as a Who's false nine. So that that's that's my that's and obviously the who next has the potential for... to pull. But the thing is, it, it's totally different because you're playing a player who's not going to just sit. Right. Uh, on the back line, he can easily pull guys out of position, drifting. So, I mean, in that sense, you could maybe go with a back four because you're not dealing with an out and out striker. So, you only really need to play two center backs. At the same time, if one of those center backs gets out of position, following him into the midfield, and we just said, I mean, Pogba, Pires, that's the type of thing that they like to yeah. do, then you don't have a lot of cover in behind. So, you have to be very disciplined. You'd have to. It's going to be another big tactical ask of Frank to board this match. And, and hopefully he can do, uh, you know, hopefully he can. Work wonders again, like he did with Philadelphia, where he kind of matched up with their four four two and 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 did a did a really good job. The thing that has me kind of feeling very optimistic about this match is, is that the the two goals that did that Toronto did score off of were NYCFC massive NYCFC yeah, mistakes errors for sure. And other than that, I mean, sure they dominated the game. They had they had chances. Um, it's amazing how much they love that right side of the field. They love away, the right away, away from the uh, from the from the infield of the baseball diamond. And they uh, like to drift right anyway, but yeah, they definitely sure, it was, it, it was, into their it hands. It was worse at City Field than it does at Yankee Stadium. I don't know how. Maybe it's just because you're used to seeing them play at Yankee Stadium. But the the corner like flag and the marker for the 18 looked like they were like five yards away from each other, yeah. if that. So it's going to be a, like, a weird, different kind of it, kind of a different even look for Toronto FC because they're not going to possess the, the the ball as much as they did against NYCFC. They're nope. they're going to be forced to kind of hang back if Atlanta United plays the way they've they've played essentially this entire offseason or postseason so far in, in kind of not necessarily dominating possession but having the bulk of possession uh controlling more or less the pace of the game it's going to look very different from what Toronto looked like against NYCSC at least I think because uh because of that so it, it Pozuelo it's it's going to be curious to see how he handles not being in his attacking third as much uh maybe hanging around more the middle of the uh, central part of the field um, and then how, depending on who the midfielders are, how they kind of handle kind of either standing in front of them or because or, I, I think that's probably more the more likely scenario is that Frank DeBoer is going to have a midfielder kind of cover Pozuelo rather than forcing his center backs to. I mean, that it, it could depends be on, what it you depends use on, the Renowitz. Sure, for. it depends on it depends on if you go with a back three or back four, but um, 
I personally would feel much more comfortable with someone just on him all the time. It's tough, right? Yeah. So, but the, then again, so the thing that made uh, that has me so happy about Lorenowitz right now is that he's doing so much in terms of creating turnovers in the midfield by going forward, yeah. by pressing, which is and obviously with Pozuelo, not what we expected from yeah, him. But yeah, Pozuelo as a false nine, not gonna be able to do that if he's the one that's kind of or if he or, or Remedi, whatever, is the one that's uh, kind of tasked with covering and. Leaving the center. Well, you kind of have two options. If you play a back three, then hypothetically you could have one of those center backs, and we assume that it would be probably Escobar or Pires, uh, follow him into the midfield, and you would still have a little bit of cover in behind. Um, If you play with a four, then you're probably, when he drops into the midfield, you would expect Jeff Lorenowitz to just shadow him wherever he goes. So, I mean, it's going to be interesting. And I think that, yes, he's a false nine, uh, but but uh, TFC, the way they've kind of employed the formation is is that he drifts around, and then they're, they're using, uh, what's the winger's name? Endo, uh, the, the wide right player. Uh, he will drift into the middle and kind of play as an out-and-out striker. So it's not like... When Pasuelo drifts into the midfield, there's no one occupying the back line. Um, but basically, uh, I'm getting ahead of myself, but I think that's the two systems you can run. If you run with a three, then one of the outside uh, center backs, where the right or left center back, can follow him into the midfield. You still have two center backs to deal with Endo drifting in. If you're playing a back four, of course, you can't do that because then he would drift inside Endo and you have 1v1. Uh, with the center backs, instead you have Jeff Lorenowitz probably shadow him. Either way, I think the defensive system that Frank DeBoer comes with will be based off of how they want to handle Alejandro Pozuelo. And he's I, been I, unreal. Pozuelo. Yeah, I mean he's fantastic. I mean, the, great these past few games, that Panenka, I mean to do that in the playoffs, crazy. man, cojones, crazy. Yeah, <laughs> and then I mean, and again, I assume that even if Altidore is fit, he won't start. Uh, and Frank DeBoer said today they are preparing to play against a false nine system. But that's something to look for is if Altidore subs, is fit and subs into the match, you're going to see a complete system change from Toronto FC as well. So Atlanta United will have to be, even though you don't know if Altidore is going to be in the 18 or not, you're going to have to be prepared for that change of system at any time, assuming that he makes the bench. I still, I, I, I think it's going to end up being a back, back four. I can see. Yeah, because yeah, I, I feel like Frank. I feel like I remember Frank DeBoer saying, talking about on multiple occasions how he likes to have numbers when it's a, like what's a, when it's a. So would three. you would you stick with Ambrose? Uh, I mean, I'd of like course, to, if Parkhurst it, it is just fit, then on, you could yeah. go Pogba at left back. It, dep- it just depends on Parkhurst. I might rather have Ambrose than Pogba, just based on what I saw. Defensively, last though, I don't. I, I mean, see, that's he, the thing because look, I. I Pogba obviously doesn't have a speed. Endo is a kind of a tricky right winger. But um, I, I don't know. It just Pogba's still the better player, but Ambrose might be the more disciplined, more safe. Definitely option. more disciplined. Yeah. But I, I, he's he's very very limited. I mean, if he gets matched up one v one, he's he. It's it's pretty much done. Although he had the temper of the match, let's let's give him. Yeah, that credit. was crazy. But, <laughs> but Pogba in the back four, I'm I feel better at. Yeah, at yeah I mean I I, in, I, in, I, in, I get in a that. Three man back line, that. no, forget it. So I, that's, I'm, and that's why I don't like the three man back line because okay, just uh, on paper the way this this probably look, if if uh, if Pozuelo is playing a traditional false nine, which we all know he's going to, it's going to drag. Uh, LGP up, and you've got one v ones on either side. I don't trust either of those guys, especially with how high, how high Escobar likes to get at times. Um, I just I just feel like Frank DeBoer is going to choose having the numbers in the back over over going forward. And I think that because let's assume Pity starts again, let's assume essentially it's the same starting eleven. You've got more of attacking presence, even if it were Heinemann, you'd still have a very safe, very uh, uh, mm-hmm. I'm not going to say aggressive, but very very I don't know, very. Uh, uh, a strong attacking presence in the players that you have going forward. So it's yeah. not like you need Escobar or, or or Pogba to get up in the attack. 
it would be nice to have him, and I'm sure that there'll, there'll be moments where Escobar will still fly uh, forward. Oh, he'll get up. Yeah, there. it's not. I'm not like I'm not going <laughs> to find his way. Forward. I'm not going to be shocked, but at least you feel better about because look, I feel like this team has been has been so balanced when it comes to how Frank o. Escobar goes forward, especially in a game like this where you're going to have someone on that left side kind of forcing him to defend maybe a little more than he wants mm-hmm. to. They've been so good at dropping back Lorenowitz into the middle or dropping back Nagby for a spell or whatever in those moments where Franco Escobar's caught up. And it's like they transition into that seamlessly at this point. Back in the beginning of the year, it wasn't as, as obvious. Now I see it and I'm like, all right, cool. They, they're on the, on the same page. And you're definitely, st- I mean, that, you really saw that last match, that, you know, players understanding the system, understanding how to play together, you know, covering for a guy that gets caught forward. Things that we kind of took for granted last year. Uh, you know, it take it takes some time. You know, when you have new new players, new system this year, and you're finally starting to see that click. But I don't know. So I think PT starting might depend on whether you're in a four or a three uh, in the back. And I, uh, I and a I four I, he is a three he isn't. Correct. And I could be wrong about this, but just because it, with the three, you're asking a lot more defensively from, uh, I mean, Heinemann and Barco were asked to, I mean, obviously not come back all the time, but, you know, when you play a four, you saw you uh, a 4-3-3 four, three, three basically, although I would actually have called it more of a 4-4-2 four, four, because uh, PT wasn't really coming back and defending. But when you do that, then you can kind of have Barco slide inside and cover for him defensively, things like that. If you play a three... Then you're going to be really exposed if you play. Uh, it, it, I think if you play PT instead of Heinemann. That being said, with the way that he played against Philadelphia, I don't know how you keep him off the field for this match because. And this is what we talked about, so about going into the Philadelphia match. You can sit here. We can talk about being beat up on the back line. This team is healthy and fit and has all their options avail- available in attack right now. So even if you're not. You know, even if you are starting a Mikey Ambrose, or if you do have to kind of, uh, you're not sure if you're going to go with a back four or back three, you have a team that can score goals. And you have a team that has all their options available, can bring a Tito Vijalba off the bench, can bring a, you know, Emerson Heinemann off the bench, maybe PT Martinez, depending on who starts. So, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a very, very good attack right now. And I think, I think we're seeing, from a personnel standpoint, uh, we're seeing them at their best right now than they've been all season. So, we can sit here and talk about the issues defensively, but I think. This game and MLS Cup, if you make it, it's going to depend on whether you can score two, three goals. Simple as that. My hope is that, and I'm kind of glad we haven't seen it yet. I'm just waiting. I think we're all just waiting for Joseph to go off. I know he scored. That's obvious. I was about to say. He's 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 scored in moments where those are, yeah, they're good goals to get. Are you talking about like a hat trick? Well, no, I'm talking about scoring early. Ah, or scoring, 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 scoring two in the first half or something, something like that. It was something where he just goes off on a team. Um, and he hasn't done that yet in the postseason. He, I feel like he hasn't done that in a while. Or am I just missing something recent? No, I mean, in terms Again, of I'm not, like, I'm not taking early. I'm not, yeah, I'm not taking yeah. away anything from the goals he scored, but he's missed so many chances lately. Joseph. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's. I, mean, I heard it on the broadcast that he was talking with Alejandro Moreno before the match and apparently told him that he'd been cursed lately, you know, but. He'd been cursed. Yeah, lately. yeah. That, that, that was that was the, the word. Dread God that, strikes again. Yeah, that, that's true. That's true. Actually, he's talking about Eric. Uh, but uh, you know, the great thing about Joseph is, and you can even see it when he misses those chances. It doesn't. He's so it mad doesn't at get. Himself, yeah. But it doesn't get to his head. You oh, know, yeah, he, true. he almost like kind of like, oh, I can't. He's like more. He's like more like uh, finds. sees the humor and the chance that he misses and understands that strikers are going to miss those chances. So, at the same time, you look at Joseph and you're like. You know he he's going to start finishing those soon, and you know if you give him two three chances that Philadelphia gave him in the uh, conference finals, I think you're favored to win the match. Simple Toronto, as that. Toronto, he missed two sitters. Yeah, Toronto's a team that Lane and I should absolutely beat. 
Yeah, it's not. It's especially without Josie Altidore. It, it's 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 a team that Atlanta United certainly should do well against. And I, I think. Oh, sorry. One, once. Well, go ahead, Eric. I, I'm I was just gonna say last time or la, two times they played this season at home, they won two nothing away. They lost three to two. So I mean, they're gonna score goals. Yeah, they should score goals. Yeah, and, and one really interesting thing about Toronto, where I was kind of doing some research on their kind of advanced stats, um, is that they've they concede the most, uh, the the what is it, the fewest passes per shot in the league. So basically, they're. Uh, the average amount of passes leading to a shot against them is is the lowest in the league. So they're super uh, vulnerable against direct kind of counterattacking play, and like and kind of so you know you talk about being in possession all the time for Atlanta. I think this is the type of match where if you can make it. Uh, and it's kind of been like this in the postseason. If you can make it where you're 52, 53% and not 59, 60%, you're going to be able to catch them out because they're super vulnerable against direct cap. My attacks. worry is that they're going to they're gonna force Atlanta United to be more like 65, 70% of possession. Yeah, which is... At least it, in the first half and to see how that goes. I don't want to say 65, 70. Let's say it, 58 I'm, what to I'm 60. Saying, what I'm saying is it's going to be high. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And th- that'll be interesting, right? I mean, because that, as we've seen all year, that, that, can, that can slow Atlanta down a little bit. And... Uh, Toronto is going to be if they're looking to do that, Eric. Like we just said, you have a false nine in Pasuelo who's going to drift all over the place and try to start those counters. It's going to be if, very if dangerous. If they try to take Atlanta like they did on NYCFC, it's going to be a back and forth affair, and I think they lose that. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I, think, I, think I totally agree with the you. attack. I think it's obvious for anyone that watches this match is the quality attack is is in Atlanta United's favor. I think they're going to win that 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 sort of style of play, no matter what. I don't think it's going to happen. If it's wide again, open match, I, then you have to like Atlanta's chances. I thought Philadelphia was just going to sit back and bunker for the most part, and that didn't happen. And well, you, all, you also <laughs> thought that Atlanta was already in MLS Cup. So hey, listen, you what know can what? they say again? Uh, I don't know. I mean, this this I I was way more scared of Philadelphia than of Toronto for a lot of the and reasons see, that, that we've brought up. That scares me too. That the scares you that more, right? Less that nervous side about of Toronto. It. But what's really? I mean, I don't th- think that it's really in Toronto's DNA to just sit and concede possession. Um, they would basically have to change. I mean, when you have, when you're charting out, you know, Michael Bradley and Osorio through the midfield, you know, pretty good passers, guys that can link. It's hard to tell your team, okay, we're going to just sit this match, sit back, let Atlanta have the ball. Uh, it, it would be t- I think it would be tough for them to, to do that, for it's Greg Manning to change about, the system like that. It's not about telling them. It's, it's Atlanta United has ways of, of, of forcing their forcing opponents you back. to yeah. sit back. Yeah. And it's not something they want their t- opponents to do, but there's at, at times it just, that just happens. Um, it's you see that all the time against Atlanta United. At least the teams that I think are are smart, I would say. Yeah, no, <laughs> no I agree. It's it's and it's 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 weird though because, like you said, Eric, it's like Atlanta United can force you into that, and then there are I think, and those are the teams where you're seeing 55 percent possession, and then there are the teams that just sit back and absorb yeah. that pressure, and that's when you're seeing Atlanta with really, really high possession numbers and unable to create the amount of opportunities that they want. But if you look at Toronto's 11, I mean, obviously they're not going to just completely yeah, no, park the no, bus. No, because um, they, 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 they have talent enough to make a game yeah. out of it. I but mean, it's they super can interesting, come right? Win this game. Because it's one of those matches where, obviously, you want the ball if you're Atlanta, but you almost don't want too much of it because you're dealing with a team that's vulnerable against direct attacks, counterattacks, things like that, uh, and then have a player in Pozuelo that and could with, start the counter on you at any moment. And with Pity and Barco, you you want to be able to to have that open yeah. space to run into. You want to have that. You want to be able to play the ball you played to, to Gressel. You want Gressel to be able to play the ball over the top to Joseph. That happens because of how much open space there is. I, I don't know how that ball got to Joseph, by the way. Not, not to well, it's a pretty Whatever. bad defensive area. I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yes, uh, what else is there? 
I mean, I mean, as far as the match goes, I, I mean, it's just that's pretty much what you're looking at. I think. I mean, you're deal. So I would just review as. It's funny. It's funny, and I heard this kind of brought up on on soccer down here. The LAFC Seattle is looked to be very much in favor of LAFC, but Atlanta's not very. It's not seen as they're not seen to be as much of a favorite over over Toronto. Which well, is which, which is, is weird. Yeah. Hmm. I and wonder, they, and, and they thought the same thing. I wonder if that's the case uh, for the odds. That for the odds makers, that's the case. Or are we talking the? Uh, uh, but you don't get the sense that the, Atlanta United has this dominant. Uh, uh, you know, even though we watched him play in, in the last few matches, and we've seen how good they've been, they they don't have this, especially defensively. You, you don't have this uh, uh, overarching sense that they're going to just dominate this. They don't. You, you don't have the same feeling about LAFC over Seattle that you do about Atlanta over. Well, you over know, Toronto I would say FC. Atlanta's performances remind me a lot of last year, I, where, I they, agree. where they were, where it was not like super electrifying going forward, it but was it was all, just more pragmatic yeah. and more. And I mean, obviously the systems are different, and you start to see players um, not. I mean, we talk about the last match. I mean, you start to see players like like a Pires and a Pogba, Escobar, guys that we've been accustomed to kind of making errors, being overly aggressive, settling down, understanding the situation in the postseason. And that's what happened last year. So, I mean, th- th- I think that, that that would be as far as being heavy favorites against Toronto, despite the fact you haven't dominated or clearly, uh, you know, not the team that you were in 2018, top to bottom. You're seeing some of those same traits um, that helped you win MLS Cup last year kind of pop up here in the first two rounds. I just got Vegas, by the way. I know you were asking about Yeah, where odds. we at? Yeah. Atlanta minus 150 mm-hmm. and LA's minus 250. Wow. That, that's kind of substantial. That is. That is statistically significant. And yeah. they're playing the number bet- two seed in, in Seattle. I, I Oh, no, three seed. Minnesota yeah. was the two seed. And uh, Atlanta playing the five, I think, in Toronto. So it, surprising. Surprise! I mean, well, I mean, LAFC I, have been I, that good. But I think one thing too you got to take into account. This is this. Some people think it's off the radar, but the, the wildfire thing going on in uh, in LA that would probably lend to LA doing better just just for a number of different reasons. As long as no one had to evacuate their homes. I know yeah, it's crazy, yeah. but you start thinking about things like air quality and stuff like that, yeah. and it's like. I mean, Seattle might not be as used to playing in that kind of thing as L.A. is just because the air quality is way worse in L.A. That's than Seattle. That's definitely the juicier matchup, yeah. in my opinion, oh, for sure. over yeah, Atlanta, yeah, yeah, sure. Atlanta Toronto. So. I, I think, honestly, I think Seattle can do it. Yeah? You think so? I, I'm excited for that game. I, I, I am. LA, yeah. L.A. is a very, very scary and dominant attacking team. Yeah. But behind the attack, I think it's just an average yeah, team. Not, not great defensively. No, I, I, I agree. And in the midfield, they're okay. I'm kind of mm-hmm. torn because I want to go to this game if it's in what? LA. The MLS Cup. Oh, 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 oh right. Well, we, as Eric's already told us, <laughs> I want to go to this Atlanta's game. I, I wanna, uh, so either it's, it's, either it's going to be Atlanta or it's going to be in LA, whether Atlanta's in or not. Um, That's true. And I kind of want a reason to go to LA. So, <laughs> But at the same time, I want I want Atlanta to host LA it. be cool to host. Two years in a row. Great, great place. And then you got, you know, two legs up over Cascadia and yeah. kind of dominate so that do, region at this point. So just, I guess, kind Should of win. put a bow on what we're looking for against Toronto is, one, are you going to play back three or back four? Uh, two, are, is it going to be PT or Heinemann? And three, what type of system are you going to use to deal with Pozuelo? I think those are the three biggest decisions for Frank DeBoer. And if he gets them right, you're probably in MLS Cup. I'm excited. I'm excited. I'll be in the gulch. I'm, I, I'm getting I, out of work I, I like 5 o'clock. I literally can't believe we're having this discussion about 
Atlanta United potentially in ML- like one game away from MLS Cup, especially this, without season. This starting. season has made me. It's just like yeah, I mean because it's been such a disjointed. So when we say have season, been fun. when we say be patient with with newness with anything MLS related, this is what we're talking about. You can go from worst to first in half a season. I'm not saying yeah. that's what Atlanta did, but it was pretty damn. close. And you just had to look at the personnel and say. I mean, this team can, at the very least, this team at some point is going to be able to start scoring goals. And so, so, so next year, when when something happens and all of a sudden Atlanta United looks like, out. like awful, yeah, and it's to bore out all over again. Be the one, be be the voice of reason and tweet out. Just be patient, guys. Relax. But I, see, I wouldn't even assume that that's going to just because the team will have oh, had I, the season. Under I mean, so, something's going to happen. You're going to have player turnover. You're going to something. That's, that's a good point. Something's going to happen. That's yeah. fair. Hey, with Atlanta United fans, anything is possible. Do we want to? Do we want to move on to other topics? Yeah, speaking of off-season. I was going to oh say. Boy. Yeah, this is, I mean, this and the, the Gressel thing in a lot of ways is, is, is the biggest story today, I think. Why, so, don't, you, uh, why don't you expound upon that a little bit? Either, well, either I, I guess you missed it. Julian Gressel, uh, speaking to the media, t- talked or asked about uh, progress being made on his contract. Um, says, I don't want to get upset, so I don't want to talk about it. And that's, oh all, it's, that's all that's been tweeted about it. So you can take that in one of many ways. First of all, we don't have the context of how he said it. You know what he looked like when he said it. Um, you know, there's there's a, there's a lot of ways that you can interpret this, and we're gonna dive into like all of them. <laughs> <laughs> well, the first one is he just seems frustrated. That's that's one. Yeah, sure. I mean, that's the easiest on the surface to say is he's frustrated with his process and. I don't know how much of this is Atlanta being like we can't do this based on you know all the, the the way that the salary works out. This this may come down to like if Atlanta fans want to be mad at somebody about this, you probably need to be mad at MLS for having arcane rules about how much you can pay players and things like this when it's 2019. This league is proven to be a big enough draw to where I think we can get past some of that stuff and move on. And collective bargaining coming up is going to be very, very interesting. Josh and I were talking about this before the podcast. It's like it feels like it's this low simmering kind of thing right now that as soon as MLS Cup is over, everybody's yeah. going to start yeah. turning their attention to collective bargaining. And at at best, you know, it's going to be a contentious offseason. At worst, MLS is going to be delayed, and it could be delayed significantly depending on how that works out. And a big part of that is one thing they need to figure out, and this affects Julian Russell directly, is what do we do with the structure of our league when it comes to paying our players yeah. and when it comes to how much teams can pay players because they still want to maintain the level of parity that MLS is famous for. I but I also think that you have to grow up at some point and start paying players what they're worth. And to that point, I think that this league is kind of getting away from parity, especially when you talk about how Atlanta United is essentially it, 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 again we're talking about Atlanta United and two mm-hmm. and back Atlanta to United back and, 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 and Los Angeles and Los Angeles LAFC as well, right Seattle, away. Portland. We'll see what happens to Miami. Next I mean, year. they've yeah. all outgrown this system. They've broken the mold of it to where it has to be revisited, and quite frankly, it has to be brought to you know the. 2019 where we're at right now and we'll see because i mean basically the two things it'll come down to because julian gressel because of he's in a weird situation as sam kind of alludes to because he's not really a designated player at at least at least for atlanta maybe for another club certainly so then that puts a limitation and he could still make a lot of money but it's a limitation on uh, what you can pay him as a tam player and then you're in a situation where nobody knows how much allocated money is going to be available next year uh, because of the situation with collective bargaining and how much mls is going to offer so he's in this weird spot where he can't make all the money he wants 
and Atlanta United don't even know what he's going to be worth in the this market six months ago, six months from now, because they don't know what the salary structure is going to look like. So, which is. Which is why everyone freaking out on Atlanta United for not paying him. It it might not be on Atlanta United. It might not be Atlanta United he's frustrated with. It might be the league. It might be how everything's well, set up, like we've just discussed. Um, it, it could be that 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 uh, that maybe Atlanta United want or and are urging him to take a deal. And Frank DeBoer's like, uh, Frank DeBoer and uh, Julian Gressel's like, nah, not yet. I think it, it, there, there's a lot of ways that he could be in, in which he can be frustrated. If I re- when I read the tea leaves on this one, I felt it was more that Atlanta just doesn't want to talk because they're like, we don't, we don't, we don't know how much we can pay you. We don't know what the salary structure is going to look like. So I think he's frustrated because I think we know he would love to stay here, but I think he. The, the the club is just really not interested in even negotiating right now until they know what the salary yeah, structure exactly. is going to look like. This is, this is, cool. talk about this is the same thing he said. Like, what six four four six months ago? Something He's, like that. It wasn't because for I all for all, quote, but it for, wasn't like this. For all we know, it could be the same. It could it, it could nothing could have changed between then and now. And he's just reiterating that. Yeah, I'm upset that we haven't done anything yet. I'm upset that we're not talking money. Yeah. And and he's just reiterating what he said six months ago. But yet nothing has changed. Yeah. It, it could very what it very much be that. It's a very it's a bad situation. timing. I mean, that's the thing. Oh, no, sure. I, I don't and, know who asked the question, but it's Felipe. a very Felipe Cardenas well, from the Athletic. Felipe, I love Felipe. It's a very muckraking question. Well, and I love it. To ask that question right now, I mean, why look, not? It's not. Well, listen, he's playing. A, he's no, playing saying, amazingly right now. It's not Felipe's job to to coddle the team into winning a championship. But if you're a fan, you look at this kind of question, you're like, why the hell are you asking that right now? You know what I mean? But again, it's not his yeah, job. Yeah, but I thought, yeah. I mean, that's it's, what I'm saying. it's still it's a good not, question. It, yeah. it, no, but that's what I'm saying. It's a good question. But if you're a fan, you're like, why the hell is this guy asking that question right now, yeah. trying to mess with team chemistry and all that stuff? The good- so as a journalist, it's a great question. But yeah, it's one of those where, you know, for Julian Gressel, it's almost like, <clears throat> I don't know, no comment is one of those things that says a lot. I don't think he should have said that. But at the same time, to, to make it be like, yeah, the, the the big bad teams not paying me my money. That I, I'm I, I'm not here for because again, you hit the nail on the head, Josh, and, and we talk about this. Why would you, as a team, come anywhere close to giving him a contract before you know what's going and to even be? Even from Gressel, I, I, I was going to say, even as Gressel, why would you? Why would you even consider? I mean, signing I anything? Saying, why are you upset unless, about this right now? If you're Gressel, when in a new collective bargaining, you could end up getting more money than you think you could get right now. Well, they're they're probably trying to come in with a very high figure in Atlanta. Atlanta saying. No, because we don't even know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So we can't even really negotiate the way we want. I don't know. Honestly, I think it's a little bit of a bad look for Gressel to come in and say that the way that he said it. That doesn't bother me. He might have been caught off guard by the question, but I will say that, like like you guys are both saying, if the new collective bargaining is coming, then why would the team or Gressel, either one of them, would be dumb to do this? If he tells tears his ACL next next week or on Wednesday. That's the only like reason. What, what, that's, long, it's gonna, it's gonna happen. That's now. that's why I, as a player, would be upset that this hasn't been done sooner because he's coming up on a, on an option yeah. here, and he his future is uncertain and I very long term. Well, if anything could, if anything happens in the next two matches, fingers crossed, next two matches, he he might not be an Atlanta United player because of 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 other circumstances not related to how he plays. And I think he might be in a more desperate is not the right word, but in terms of players who are being 
paid below their value in the league. Yeah, he has to be them. one yeah. of the highest. I mean, he has to be right up there with any of them. So certainly he wants that raise that he deserves. It's so funny because this happens in every sport. Yeah, yeah. And, and especially it's, it's, absent in soccer with this type of timing, right? Because you have a year left on your deal. So the club has to make a decision. Are we going to extend you or are we got, or are we willing to lose you for nothing? And, and when that contract maybe doesn't come in, other clubs start sniffing around, looking for transfers, things like that. So, you know, it's about the timing of it, too. I mean, he's about a year out from his from his deal ending. So he wants to, you know, so he wants to he wants to go ahead and re up and get a new one or he's going to say, all right, I'm going to leave. Um, but what's the most b- biggest part of this is how much will Atlanta United be able to pay him uh, based on the allocated money next season. And if that is a significant increase, then you can pay him not make him a designated player and make it hard for European teams or other teams in other countries to give him a raise by coming and getting him. Right now, I have to look up his exact contract number, but from what he's making right now, he could easily, I think it's like... I think it's like 130 or something like that. It's like one, yeah. it's unbelievable, 130 or something like that. Uh, that's easy. Hard. That's easy for a Bundesliga team to say, okay, we're going to pay you more than that. If there's a bunch <laughs> more allocated money next year and he's making... Uh, you know, eight hundred, nine hundred k. Then it's kind of a. Then it's going to be kind of a different story. But there are so many moving pieces on this, and there's so much we don't know about that's, because that's we thing. don't really know what's going to happen with the salary structure. The one thing I will say, and that's the biggest positive on this, is like you said, Eric. He's this is not a new thing with him, and it has not affected his play on the pitch. So as long as long as it doesn't affect his performance. I don't really care what he says. Anything has more, more incentive to play even better. Yeah, and that's he's, true. And he's proving why he's so important to this team. He, he's only increasing his value not only to Atlanta United uh, should they keep him, but to whatever team wants to come calling. And I'd like, be he's interested. Doing, he's doing himself all the favors in the world. I'd be interested to see if Joseph Martinez goes to the club and says, "Yo, you, you pay this guy <laughs> yeah, what he wants." Yeah, you <laughs> do you have any idea, idea yeah. how many assists he's given to me? You know, yeah, you so, got to see how much pull the king actually yeah. has when it comes to this team. Right, so, you can go there yeah. and get Julian Gressel a contract. So and, many moving parts here. I mean, we can only speculate right now, and even from a speculative point of view, we can't even really talk numbers or specifics because yeah. we just don't know what his market value is going to be until that new CBA is signed. But the good thing is. I think we can all rest easy. It's not going to affect his play on the field. What I do hate seeing is all the tweets saying that it's it's that it's on Atlanta United that that for not paying him. It's really we, not. We have no idea what what's going on behind the scenes. And this is normal think, stuff, right? You're a year yeah, exactly. out from your contract, and this is normal if stuff. If you think you know what's going on, please just stop. You don't know what's going on. You don't know what's going on through the mind of, of anyone in that front office. You don't know what's going on through through just the the the, the structure of MLS itself. You don't know. You don't know. So this is not this. It could be on Atlanta United, but we don't know. So blaming Atlanta United just outright and saying, pay him, pay him, yeah, pay him, yeah, pay him. Yeah. It might not be fair to Gressel to do it right now. It might not be fair to Atlanta United right now. It might not be fair to to, to, to younger players coming up. I, I'm surprised Miles Robinson re-signed when he did. Because, again, you, you lift the salary floor at MLS. Mm-hmm. I don't know how it's going to affect uh, already already uh, contracts that are already in place. But all of a sudden, if if, if they lifted to a uh, minimum of $100,000 and, and, and Julian Gressel, with all the, product, uh, all the productivity he's, he's, he's had with Atlanta United – is looking at his contract going, okay, so the floor, I'm making 30000 more than the floor. Yeah, I'm going to want whatever I originally yeah, wanted, percentage plus, adjusted, even, of course. plus even more, because I'm worth that much more than the salary floor. So there's a Can whole lot that goes into that, it. by the way? Like, if, if the floor for MLS was 100000 that that's, would be that's, a great That's part of the day. conversation. That would that's, be a great That's part of the conversation. Great. But that's the thing. That's why I think this is going to take a while, because owners aren't going to want to do that. We've got a lot of discussion <laughs> coming up on oh. not just Julian Russell, but I mean... 
A lot this, of players, this, the whole league. And, and yeah, and this this is something that I think is is going to drag on for a while because there's such a fundamental. I mean, we're not even just talking about money. You know, we're talking about getting charter flights. Well, to, you know, I mean, yeah. there's such a fundamental disconnect. We're not talking with about what the players want and what they deserve. Yeah, right. We're now. not talking about as much money as like you would see in like labor negotiations for like the NFL or MLB. But the gap between the owners and MLS may be way bigger. And just that the, has the league has before. grown so much right. fundamentally since, I think the last time it happened, there was, I don't remember if they missed game. I think it went into the preseason, uh, the, uh, the, the the negotiations. But the league has come so far since then, it's going to be huge change. I do think the league as a whole knows what it's walking into when it comes to the oh, yeah. negotiations. Yeah, so no I, think, doubt. I think there's going to be like, okay, look, we want to hear you. I think I, it would be dumb to not go into this any other way, or to go in this go into his, this any other. Yeah, way. Yeah, I, I agree. I think the owners will immediately it, make it clear they're willing to make some. We concessions. want we want to listen. We want to hear yeah. what you say. We want we want to we want to do what's fair and right for for both sides. I I agree. I agree with most of you guys that 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 the owners have you know had most of these players by the balls for the most part. So you know. You you want to make some compensation? You want to have some compensation for that one way or Eric, the other? It's not time for mouths in your south. Just watch <laughs> your language. Um, By the way, you, yeah. you gave me a really big uh, MTV Diary vibe a minute ago, and you were like, "You think you know, but you have no idea." I was like, "Oh I man, mean, it, 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 it took me back." It's true. It's true. It's true. You don't know. No, that's a th- absolutely. I, I happen to be talking to. Uh, he is a current MLS player that mm. I do know mm. and talk to you frequently. Carlos Vela. No, hmm. and he mentioned Michael uh, Bradley. There were certain things he talked about that I was like, "All right, well, I mean, we talk about it all the time." So it, it, it this is the guy it, we've had on the show. It's, before, it's less, day, it's less obvious the things that that he brought up, um, but it was just cool hearing the perspective from an actual player casually talking about this the same things that we're talking. Jordan about. Jordan Morris was it? Jordan? No, it's Zlatan. Zlatan. I, I mean, I told you you had my number, so although Zlatan <laughs> might not be an MLS player anymore. I guess um, technically, I don't know. Joseph Mart- Joseph Uri Rossell, is that who it was? I'm just going to go through obscure. Precky! Precky, uh, Jesus Christ. Uh, Joseph Martinez, Miles Robinson. <laughs> Precky would want nothing to do with Eric. To the 2019 MLS Best 11, well-deserved, yes? Absolutely. Joseph, obviously, great to see uh, Miles on there. I mean, what a recognized. Well, deserved. Awesome. I mean, yeah, I think deserved, been too. Incredible. I'm not a, you know, going to sit here and say I can effectively compare him against all the other strong center backs in the MLS, but... Are you crazy? I mean, He's the best. <laughs> but it's great. It's, it's so cool to see him. And this was voted on by players, media, coaches. So, I mean, it's really the ultimate honor from from people who who, who know think, what they're I talking think, about. I mean, how about that first draft for Atlanta United? Oh, yeah, Gressel I mean, Robinson. He, 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 Gressel, yeah, excuse me, Robinson Gressel. Robinson Gressel. Yeah. Robinson, was, uh, Robinson was, was through the trade, though, right? Or was that Gressel? No, Robinson you know, was the number two Gressel was, was the uh, trade with Orlando. Trade. We essentially traded Danny Toya. <laughs> oh, my God. Was it Orlando? Yes. No joke. We traded Danny Toya for that pick. Yes, and I know. It, he 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 went on to get in trouble for being drunk in Disney World like a year later, uh, in a, in Orlando. And, then, so. and now Orlando is selling white pride jerseys in their oh uh, team goodness. shop. What? <laughs> Did you not see that a couple God, of weeks ago? I, I didn't. I didn't see that. Well, it, well it's for their like you know it, it's their pride. I think I think the it's oh yeah 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 the the USL team yeah the women's team is oh, pride, pride. Yeah, and then they're the, the, the Lions the, yeah but the sign in the uh, in the team store said uh, a sale white pride jerseys like dude come on man what are they thinking you've got to know wow that how did I miss take this a picture of that how did I miss and this it's gonna ugh. that's incredible it's, it's, it's seriously and man Orla- Orla- 
Orlando that fans. That organization from head to toe. Orlando fans are the first ones to call out anyone for anything remotely not politically correct, and this is what they they're just selling white pride jerseys. <laughs> I was saying, man, like it might be a jersey for the pride, and it yeah. might be white, but you've got to come up with a yeah. different way to describe that. Orlando City still never made the playoffs in the Blanco or something. Change, do, do something yeah. with it. Yeah. Yeah. Never will. Never have. Never going to make the playoffs. <laughs> All right. Um, that is right. Mm-mm. Let me think. Anything else we got to cover before we uh, wrap it up here? I guess they need a coach now, don't they? Will you? Uh, yes, they do. They fired James O'Connor, so we'll see what they do. I, I wouldn't take that job. Um, <laughs> Gulch, Eric, oh, damn present. Biscuits. I don't care what you bring. You just need to be there. I have one I have one Gulch goal left. I've accomplished every single one. Yeah, I want to see uh, our man um, uh, Annabelle give you the, uh, the guara. Yeah, dude, it was awesome. Oh, man, and then I, I, I was re-watching this one, and I was like, I, I don't remember any of this. But well, uh, I, I certainly can't be in that kind of a state when I go to the press box. Well, you you could have just a little <laughs> a little little. I mean, you just have to be there. No comment from your boy. But yeah, I, I've accomplished <laughs> everything on my list that I wanted to do in the playoffs in the Gulch so far, except Eric being there. So hopefully you can uh, hang out with people that aren't. Uh, you know, we do uh, we do pay for the things we bring. This is not all free. Like in the press box, people. I used to make somebody pe- just bring Eric some mac and cheese and. I used to bring. Hey. I used to make appearances for free. Now you know I don't do anything for free these days. Well, so. you can get us an MLS Cup, although you might have ruined that. Twenty seconds into the show like tonight, Gucci I don't Man know. Says you know he don't come out of the house for free. He pays someone to drive for him. <laughs> there you go. But 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 so someone could drive you there. How about a, how about a, uh, no dri- right, okay. driving there is not the problem. Jenna you makes heard of a great a, point. Jenna makes a great point. She says. Don't break from what you've been doing. None of it. I don't know, Jenna. I don't so. know because every week I've been accomplishing goal my my goals <laughs> on my list, and I have one left. So if I don't accomplish anything this week, well, it would be like a normal week for me. But uh, I I, uh, I I think that we uh, we might not be able to to okay. get to MLS Cup. See, but I can't do what I did for the last round of games because last round I was working a UGA women's soccer game while okay. I had the Atlanta United game up on my laptop next to me, and there's no UGA wow. women's soccer game must on have been Wednesday. The, the so. most ineffective PA announcing job ever. Actually, did I, you scream I, I, goal I, I, after I'm uh, a multitask? I, I'm sorry. Can I, can I tell you the stupidest headline I've ever seen on MLSsoccer.com? Well, it better be a wow. doozy because that website is known for quite a few yeah. uh, questionable. Consider headlines. me intrigued. So uh, I just happened to stumble on this. I just happened to be looking. At, okay, Vanny, this this is the headline that you click on. The headline in the actual story is a little Ooh, bit different, but this is the actual. I don't know what he called it, but the 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 clickable headline. Vanny expects crowd to be more pro Atlanta, less anti TFC. Uh, does that have to do with booing Michael Bradley? Yeah. Who who asked him that question? Anybody, okay. Like, what a ridiculous, are they still asking about people booing Michael Bradley? He missed the World Cup it was two fresh, years ago. It, it was, but that's the thing. That game was fresh off the USA yeah, yeah, not yeah, making yeah. the World Cup. Any U.S. men's national team player that had ran out on that pitch was going to get booed. Yeah, I mean, any uh, of them. So I mean, basically, basically, this question is just being regurgitated this over and dumb. over and over this again. I assume that was would happen. That's what it has to do with, right? Is yeah, are you going to be the U.S. men's national yeah. team player? And then, of course, it ends up on MLSsoccer.com because they yeah. aren't big Major, on uh, having good stories on their website. You know, it's funny. MajorLeagueSoccer.com. You know, it's funny because yeah, <laughs> MLSsoccer.com. It's like, or you know, you could have MLS.com that somehow goes to some like rea- realty website that. 
Like it's like right. Well, it's That's like, why it's MLS hey, soccer. MLS. How about you not be cheap and pay those people to get that domain? But it's that? uh that's they might not have enough money. I mean the <laughs> Yeah. MLS.com <laughs> takes you to that's a, multiple listing service listing. We're talking about yeah, I'm pretty America's, sure they could buy MLS.com from these. America's people. real estate portal. I mean, there's a lot of money in real estate. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't I don't I don't you you hear about this website? No, you don't. Yes, I do. I, people will be like, oh, I searched on MLS for some house or something. No, you didn't. I've heard adults talk about it before, I swear. Adults. Yeah, I like how you phrased that. <laughs> I was like, what? How are you doing soccer? <laughs> They're like, no, we're, we're talking about real estate. I was like, okay, I don't belong here, bye. But, uh, Seriously, G- G- it, it's a bad look to not It used to be MLSnet.com back that in the old days. That was even worse. Yeah. Another great comment in the uh, chat. Farts smell bad in Atlanta by Matt Doyle. <laughs> It really does seem like sometimes that like the established MLS media presence. Oh come on, it's their. Ju- it's he would easy. say, yeah, but I think uh, I think LAFC has the best smelling farts though. I don't think Atlanta. <laughs> I don't. Did y'all hear that? Uh, I'll tweet it out to him. They did this thing on uh, Extra Time where they were discussing. It was a it was a listener question, but they it was. Will Atlanta United have had a better season than LAFC oh, if they win this. MLS Cup? Yeah, and I'm like. Whoever wins the MLS Cup had the best season. Like, <laughs> that's the team everybody wants to be on. Like, that's why you have playoffs. And they and it's really it was exactly the, it was exactly thing. the case when Atlanta beat uh, the Red Bulls last year. Yes, I mean the, the exact Red same Bulls conversation. Set the record blo- broken by LAFC this year. They had set in the, set the single season points record. I didn't hear anyone saying the Red Bulls had a better season than Atlanta. This is a very strange thing that's starting to happen. Where, I I mean I know that obviously you want to value the regular season more and you want to. You know, compete more in CCL and you know U.S. Open Cup is whatever. Uh, but this is hey, hey, this hey, hey, weird. Hey. We're U.S. Sorry, Open Cup. We're, sorry, we're U.S. Sorry. Open Cup champions. There's this. It's not just whatever angle that keeps popping up of of did the team that wins MLS Cup or would the team that win MLS Cup have had the best season? Yes, yes. And someone said no. To I was talking with somebody. They said no. The best season was LAFC. They had the most points in the season. So no, that's the regular season. The season encompasses everything, and you have playoffs. To determine who had the best season, it's just a bizarre. If you if you if you if you try to convince me that three trophies isn't the best season, I mean honestly, man, oh, if Atlanta, you're I two would more tra- more than anyone. I would least. trade. I would trade MLS Cup for those two trophies. I mean, I. Oh, so would I. You know, Don't I mean, get me wrong. I, it's just it's such a weird thing that's starting but to pop can, up. It, but three trophies throughout the course of the entire season versus the 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 record in in points. Yeah, the record number of is it the record number of wins too. I don't know if it was oh this year oh it has to be yeah I'm, yeah I mean I they only lost assumed, what three yeah. four matches yeah it has to be the yeah best I mean ones. come on yeah LAFC would take what Atlanta's got going on right now yeah I mean you I just sw- you switch you switch the records and everything they'll absolutely one hundred percent take what what whatever uh, Atlanta's record is yeah I mean the, go- the goal get, is to win trophies so. they don't care. Supporter Shield is is not even an MLS sponsored thing like they don't hardly even acknowledge it. Supporter Shield, like I don't. It's such a weird, weird angle coming from MLS people yeah. when the league doesn't acknowledge, like, really acknowledge the Supporter Shield in the first place. Just a bizarre angle. So. All right. Anything else before we wrap it up? No, I just wanted to complain about that. So complain away. I just really want <laughs> Good Atlanta United to win on Wednesday. Yeah, I'll be in the goal. take. I'm getting off, so uh, uh, inter- our practice is uh, is uh, conv- is optional on Wednesday. So I'm not uh, coaching. 
So I will be uh, I will be in the Gulch. I'm shooting for five five thirty, and hope to see all you beautiful people there. Oh yeah, and uh, another thing, if you want to help Julian Gressel through this hard time, because, <laughs> oh come on, <laughs> uh, because uh, any uh, that dude is gonna get paid no matter what. Any MLSPA <laughs> licensed shirt you buy from Breaking Tea gets back to him. So we uh, just released a new uh, Julian Gressel. A German gem of Georgia yeah, shirt inspired by uh, Adrian Healy's uh, great goal call of that chip. A deft finish, I believe, is uh, how it started. And then he called him a, a, a gem. It was a, what was it he said? He said, a the German in Georgia with another gem of a goal. So thank you for the alliteration there, uh, Adrian Healy. Who, by the way, I don't think it's enough credit. I think that guy's been doing... A hell of a good job calling yeah, soccer good. on ESPN. He's for a especially long time. good at MLS, in but my he's opinion. always like the second tier guy because like it's like he's been doing this for so long. It's like that guy should be probably like ESPN's lead MLS guy, right? And then they're like, no, nah, we're just going to go get John Champion, which is fine because I like him too. But I don't know. Yeah, that's true. He does. He's never really been seen at at that level, but he's done a good job for a long Great time. Great job. Agreed. All right, that's it. Go to Dirty South Soccer and get the shirt. You can find me at Eric G Quintana on Twitter. You can find me at Josh B914 on Twitter. At Sam J. Franco and, uh, you know, uh, hashtag Unite and Conquer. Uh, follow the podcast at MOTS Podcast. Uh, we're on Facebook, Instagram. Feel free to follow us on that. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. We do stream all of our podcasts on YouTube while we record. Uh, the radio show is actually being moved to Tuesdays. Right. I truly don't know if this is starting tomorrow or not, but I'm ready either way. <laughs> okay. Um, I, I'm fairly confident it's tomorrow because if it's Wednesday, I'm going to cry. <laughs> no. Yeah, no, no way. Oh, um, my God. So that, that'll happen. And um, anything else? Patreon.com slash MOTS podcast. You want to donate to the podcast? And that about does it. All right. Until next week. See you later, Atlanta. Peace.